Hello everyone, my name is Melanie Thorley and this is Christy Santana and this is The Lawcast. Welcome again, welcome back. Yeah, and we're, uh, we're with social distancing. We are. The uh, ongoing crisis is continuing <laughs> here in Brisbane. The crisis is continuing. Um, Although here in uh, South East Queensland we seem to have dodged the ongoing crisis quite considerably. We have. Um, I mean, on a personal note, I have got my <gasps> first dose this morning. It, it's sort of... Um, I haven't turned into a zombie no. or a vampire or anything no. like that, um, no. which is actually a little bit disappointing. Hmm. Uh, I feel like I haven't quite got the value for money. Right. <laughs> value for the no money you spent on it. How about the time? Uh, I did spend 20 minutes, it should be said. <laughs> it was actually really efficient, uh, I've got to be honest. It, it, no, they were doing, besides the queue jumpers, there, was, there were a few queue jumpers oh. I wasn't particularly happy with. Uh, you know, I had an 8.10 um, appointment, there was a couple of 8.30, 8.40, people. That's pretty frustrating. But uh, besides that, the, the 10 minutes I had to wait was, you know. Well, we're soon to become a fully vaccinated office. Yeah, um, in four weeks time. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's probably, probably a bit of an achievement. Yeah, it? for those who don't know, I got fully vaccinated a couple of weeks ago. I had both my shots by then and uh, I'm feeling pretty good. I also did turn into a zombie. Nah. No, I missed, missed we're, not get, we're not getting the value. I will find out perhaps who did. And we'll, uh, we'll have a chat to them. Bring them on podcast uh, onto the podcast. Yeah, who, who's actually gotten sick? Yeah, we'll get. We'll uh, yeah, we'll, <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not sick yet. And um, Phoebe, um, another person in our office, got hers last week, and uh, said she said she felt a little bit off, but not really sick. Yeah, and I mean, um, certainly here at MJT, we, you did um, only provide us quite a nice thing, which was to. You know, sort of sickly, just in yeah, case. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It Get is. paid for, for not turning out to work for the purposes of the vaccination. Happy to do that. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of good encouragement. Leave to, with pay as such. Not that not that we particularly had any, you know, inclinations not to, but you know, I can see for other organisations why mm, there might be a, mm. a good incentive. Yeah, well, it helps me make sure. Um, you know, from my perspective, it, it ticks a couple of boxes. It gives my team a chance to get vaccinated without having the detriment of using up time that they would ultimately maybe use somewhere else mm. for a different reason and uh, it gives me an idea of who's been vaccinated and who hasn't and it's, yeah it's quite that's actually a good thing it's, that's actually a good um, kind of point goals. that if you want to because how else would I mean it's fine in our close-knit kind yeah. of group but what if you had a hundred hundred mm. you you won't be able to just flat out ask people it might be a bit of a breach could you could you ask someone I mean if I think you can ask them. I think you can't do anything if they tell you no. Or if they say, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah, that's what I mean. If they say, no, if they I want refuse, to keep this to myself. Then you can ask, but if they refuse to, what are you going to do then? It's, little bit by, by ask, it's, like, it's a little bit like asking who they voted for. Yeah, you can ask it. Yeah. For our American time. friends, it's not as open here. To It's not as easy to say whether you are a one-way voter or another-way voter. This, this, that sort of thing is a social faux pas almost. It's a, it's is, it, a, is it not in other countries? I haven't been exposed mm. to a country where that isn't. You know, I, I grew up here and I've spent almost all my life here. And you're right, you don't talk about religion, uh, politics or money. I think the time I spent in America, and I was in Los Angeles, people, um, it, it was something that was widely accepted that you could ask and people would tell. And. What happened after that? So if someone was not your your colour? I don't think it made a difference. I no. mean, I think it's become more of a problem in recent years with the Trump or no mm. Trump support. 
that's because I, I think so, there's an awful lot of Republicans out there who wouldn't have voted for Trump if they had any other choice, but didn't want didn't the have, Democrats yeah. in, for instance. So not necessarily a Trump supporter, but a Republican. I just wonder how that kind of manifests in a society where it is so divisive. So you're in a, an office and the questions get thrown mm. around, and then what? Is it the blues and the reds on either well, sides of the office and here, they no longer talk to each other? For those who don't know, here in Australia voting is compulsory, but mm. in a lot of countries it's not. So if you choose to say, I voted for X, you're also saying, I voted. Whereas here, you have to vote. And you mm. can't say, I ruined my vote, because that's actually illegal. Yeah. And you, yeah. Can, get, yeah. you can get slapped for that. Yeah. There are fines attached to it. So you don't tell people that you ruined your vote or you didn't vote. So you have no choice but to say, I voted for. Whereas in countries that voting isn't compulsory, mm. they can, a person can just go, I don't vote. Oh, but I just find that the whole thing kind of staggering that you might want to. That people will be so open about something which will has the very likely result that that person you're about to say it to will now show animosity to you in a situation where they wouldn't have prior Maybe. to that question. But don't we do this all day long? Uh, how old are you? You know, there's there's lots of there's but lots. Even of, that's a fun, I mean, even that's, yes, but that, not in every culture. Area. Not in every culture, though. Maybe, are we just in a situation oh, where tighter. everything where Tight. everything that might yeah. be a little bit... Well, Australians are might, very conflict diverse yeah. for a start. So they don't, most Australians don't want to bring up a topic that might also, or I think, I mean, certainly I might get 100,000 emails now, but I think Australia is very conflict diverse. If there, if there is a topic that might be derisive, then it's not been brought up mm. um, because of the nature of Australians. So we're, we're in a country where people don't create conflict of any type. In fact, they avoid it like it's plague. So therefore, not how old you are, not how much money you earn, not what, you know. Yeah, it's, it's almost anything that might put you apart. Yes, that tall poppy. For instance, it was a bit of a social faux pas to ask someone, because those who work at the Big Four have, like, 40 different levels of employment and you could be a manager but you might be manager one two three or you know so on and, and so we forth. often joke about it and i'm sure a lot of people out there can can relate to it in these big kind of companies the the job titles <laughs> they're so complicated yeah. and confusing they actually mean nothing yeah yeah and so you might be a manager three for instance but you might be on a pay level two and all this sort of stuff so it's it's all this kind of admittance of something so people go oh i work at Deloitte's or I work at EY. Mm. I don't, I'm not a manager at Deloitte's because they're not giving away that information. They don't want to put themselves in, put themselves in, in, in a financial level. Above or, them. Yeah, or something. Yeah. I don't know, it's very, very Australian. But I've got this, uh, I've got this case here that came up about a week ago where a Deliveroo employee um, was, well, I say employee, but a Deliveroo worker. Yeah was found to be an employee. I found this incredibly fascinating. It's, it is the next <coughs> big issue well, point, but, I think. But oh, it's didn't, almost that, didn't we already go around the mulberry bush five, six years ago when Uber Eats and Uber driving came out? I mean, really, didn't we already work but on this? I think it's, it's just so much bigger now. It's so much more, I mean, to, you can get anything delivered to you now. Um, I mean, you can get 
Jimmy brings is a is a um, thing which brings alcohol to your to your front door. Mm. Um, you've got Uber Eats, Deliveroo, Menu Log. You've got um, all the different transport services. You can get you can get um, you know pet food delivered to you. You know, like on a mm. app type mm. of thing. So it's I think it's just more abundant now. But employee though, really. Are we? Because uh, we, those of you who don't know, we actually had a gig economy uh, lawcast mm. a, well, a couple of months ago now, probably two or three months ago, if you guys want to look for it. And we talked about this quite a lot, or uh, a side hustle yeah, you know, of, type of thing. Should the law kind of move with the times, yeah. given and, more and more people are doing it? And I'm really interested. How We're talking about individuals who are signing on to multiple different app sites mm. and their first job might be an Uber Eats, their second job might be an, a Deliveroo and mm. that might be within the first hour. Mm. They might be yeah, able to get made to be in an hour, right? Do two jobs in an hour. Then there might be Uber Eats again, there might be two Deliveroo's and there's a few others, right, that yeah. are out there. What if you're doing three or four and say you're doing this two in the same hour, who pays you for that hour's work? It's... I wonder if it's more to do with um, your employment almost manifests when you try to take disciplinary action. You know, you're then taking so the people are okay on. with the money until they get terminated, until the app deems them to be too useless. They lose their four stars. Well, that, that gentleman dropped down to two. He um, he got dismissed because he wasn't doing his deliveries in time. I yeah, think. yeah, he lost stars yeah. and he wasn't making them. From memory though, his, the way he engaged with the apps and, and his, the way he kind of put his service out was slightly different to what I think most are. He was very rigid to one, I believe. So what we're saying is loyalty makes a difference. I think so. I think he, he was, I think he was an example of that. I think the gig economy employers will need to look closer at whether yeah. someone is a only Deliveroo rider. Um, because at the moment, I, I doubt they're considering it at all. How do they find out? Basis. How does So let, let's say that's mm. true. I, I don't necessarily agree, and certainly those of our listeners might be able to provide some points of view mm. on this. I've never actually done... I've never actually been a Uber driver, Deliveroo mm. deliverer. So I, I'm... I'm not too old for it, but certainly I've always had a job that's taken up as much time as I've wanted it to take yeah. up. Uh, so I haven't had a side hustle as such. But what, what if you've got somebody who is in the side hustle business, they've got Deliveroo, they've got Uber Eats, how do you know that they're not taking on work on the side? Well, I mean, this just goes to the side hustle question. It kind of, kind of goes to one that, yeah, it does, because... You can formalise it. Like, they could do it in a situation. Now, this might be terrible for their business model, but they could say, I want you to clock on. I want you to... It just becomes like any other... Yeah, you work your butt off. Yep, you do. You so take every delivery. So, performance criteria. You've got to do three deliveries in an hour. Here's otherwise, your contract. Chuk, you know, being, this sort of thing. Everything. And you, yeah. you're exactly like thing. The problem, as you just mentioned there, is you've got no oversight over this person. No oversight at all. And what if they're all... Because in that situation, you'd also be paying them, you know, the way normally you would pay someone. That's right. You'd need work cover for these people because all of a sudden they're employees. There's super innovation was, attached to it. Um, 
but you're right they could be doing the exact same job that's right for all of them you know for all of them at the same time since you're collecting three jobs at a time but taking taking a different yeah. taking a different ta- I mean I don't know the answer to this I think it's I, pers- I, I think per- it's dumb I actually think the gig economy needs its own award gig economy so so, so similar to so just staying on this topic mm. then similar to uh Construction workers have that um, that portable long service leave mm. thing going on. You're saying that gig economy workers should have something like that portable long service leave, uh-huh. where a an employer would pay a small amount of money into a fund so they can get their sick pay holidays and stuff like that. I. It's interesting. I think it's a lot the of work. Difficult, the difficulty the law is having at the moment is trying to fit this mm. square into this circle mm. hole, but I think that's not the answer. Not making it into mm. a circle. Okay. Making its own kind of thing. I think it's diverged away from yeah. any other employment, which we can kind of put well, it into. Let's let's take a different tap then. Back when I was in my teens, when Pizza Hut still had to sit in, <laughs> which I never got to experience. Which I'm <laughs> it was, I have to say, Tuesday night, all you can eat pizza at Pizza Hut was always an absolute laugh. Could you? Was it? Was it still? Like, was it literally? How much pizza could you eat? Like, oh well. We, as teenagers do, there was always a competition. Uh, yeah, I got through two and a half pizzas once. Yeah. That's how many? That's, so that's eight, 18 pizzas. Nine. Yeah. Wow, that's a good achievement. Thank you very much. The crust or kind of uh, normal crust? There weren't that many choices. Back then. <laughs> it, was, it was just pizza. Classic cut. Yeah. yeah. That's I got, so impressive. I got through two and a half pizzas. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. No, <laughs> I don't think I could do that. I think I but, but look, back in the day when Pizza Hut was still um, having sit downs and delivery was a thing, yeah, like was it was it was yep. interesting and new and, and fantastic. Um, people would employ delivery drivers, mm. and um, I was thinking about this because I actually worked in a pizza store subsequently, and uh, I wasn't a pizza driver. Even and again, I had to get in the car and deliver pizzas, and you would employ them. You're a pizza driver. Mm-hmm. Pizza boy. Pizza boy, pizza girl. Um, well, do you not have those anymore? You've got Uber Eats. You don't have any delivery people in your own firm, in your own I company. I think Domino's still does, but everyone else is, is essentially subcontracted. It's subcontracted out. So, it's so what's stopping? For free, actually. Well, that's it. <laughs> what is stopping a, a, a Joe Bloggs uh, dumpling shop mm. from having their brother there or some family member that they pay a little amount of money to mm. to do that job for them because it would come up like once an hour once every two hours or something so there wouldn't be much work involved in that necessarily but why wouldn't you take the cut twice have an average worker or even mm. have slightly more workers than you need so one of them is always out on delivery sort of thing <laughs> And then you've got two cuts to it, right? You're you're mm. Ubering it, so you're getting that cut, and you're also getting. You're doing both. Yeah, I mean, you're getting both. It kind of goes to though, why I don't think it's any cheaper, by the way. I think I for, think for more, the business, isn't I think it it's more, more? Isn't it more expensive for the business to get Uber Eats? Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, it's because you know how much would you be paying? You wouldn't be paying that much for that, you know, teenager to be your you delivery wouldn't. person, but. I'm pretty sure they take a couple of dollars out of every, you know, it's, a, it's not an insignificant portion of 
No, um, but it's it's like Booking.com. You get you, you've got your t- this is your ticket to play. If you want yeah. to reach out to a larger audience that wouldn't normally come to you, yeah. this is what you need to do. So why not get the benefit and and have someone there clicking yes? As in, I'm going to take that job because I'm inside. I'm, I'm, my job is to watch that phone and click yes. I'm going to take that delivery. Yes, I take that delivery. Yes, I take that delivery. I don't know how it works, of course. Mm. I've no idea how it works, ladies and gentlemen. But I just don't know so why. Like, why wouldn't you, on a personal level, as the? Employee? Why wouldn't a business take on somebody to do that job? Because you could, you could make. Because you, you'd say how much it's going to be, and it's not the same on the app that it is if you walk in. It's mm. always a different price, and it's more. So you're gaining a benefit from that. You're gaining a financial benefit from charging just slightly more for the for the food. Mm. You're gaining a financial benefit for the delivery because you get a deliver, cut of the delivery as well, and that might offset the cost of actually using the app. You you might have. I cannot be the only person thinking about this because that's been in my head for like a year and a half. But why aren't there? Are there is it is it Almost is there something dedicated. wrong? Is there something wrong with the apps that means that there are more people out there that are clicking yes than you can do fast enough inside your own company? You know what I suspect that they do Mm. is I think it's all in the way it pops up your jobs. Mm. Because what you're talking about is having a, like your own Uber Eats driver. Like, That's right. Like That's exactly literally... what I'm saying. The guy's sitting there, lo- lo- logged onto Uber Eats, ready to click yes as soon as the job comes up. I think the app wouldn't continually give you the same. It's not just location Ooh, based. There's a matrix inside. To this. stop that? <laughs> Maybe. Because I know they. I know they can't. They can't. But you can accept. Do... They can't accept things that aren't offered to them. Yes. Like like it. You can't, you know, unilaterally take something. Right. So, like, the problem happens sometimes when you see an Uber driver who's free go mm. past you. Yes. You wave them down and they say, actually... No, I take you. I'm not saying it hasn't given it to me. Right. Now... Well, that kind of pisses me off. The reasons behind that, I suspect, are incredibly secret. Yes. That kind of pisses me off, though. Because why not? It does. It yeah, because surely if we're in a free economy, this is also a free economy. But it's their business, too, I guess. And they, there's rules and regulations around that. I think, I think they have so much more going on in the background than, than we realise. You think they create the... Because Uber Eats also does these uplift fees, right? When things get busy. Yeah. Um, Do you think there's an artificialness to that? That we don't know oh, about. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they say it's purely of supply and demand. But there's a lot of there's a lot of supply out there. There's a lot of Uber drivers zooming around. Yeah. Um, yeah okay. And they can elect to show you how many. So you you know you look and you see all the cars. Yeah. That isn't necessarily true. Well, you know, it's true too because um, it's just an. And act. it doesn't even warrant that it's true. Um, we just believe we it just to be. Believe it to be so. Um, and I was actually speaking to someone yesterday about this. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling. Uber, their route is done in such a way to get them also like a 10%. Ooh. It's just wrong enough. Okay. It's not too Good. wrong that well, you, make a, you make a fuss out of it, that's but it's never the perfect way of getting anywhere. Well, it's perfect compared to who or what? Because when I compared use Google Maps, Google Maps, well, when I use Google Maps, sometimes they take me on a little bit of a transit. I, oh, and, and because it is two seconds faster, <laughs> for instance. That's true. You know, so I just wonder whether what, the way we would go, which we know is basically the same 
time frame mm. is not the way Google goes because they can get there in two seconds or one minute. And that one minute depends on whether there's a car that passes you while you're turning out or yeah, do you know what I mean? Um, it's kind of the, one of the fundamental problems with Google Maps as Australia is it doesn't take into account contingencies. No. It doesn't take into account. This road might be faster only if only if you take this, you, you get a, a green line. You know, the other thing I've noticed about using Google uh, Maps as my GPS, which we almost all do now, yeah. is before when I had an actual GPS, a TomTom, mm. it would say, you will arrive in 32 minutes, mm. you know, that sort of thing. And Google says, home, you'll arrive in 32 minutes. Mm. And after 45 minutes, they go, oh, You'll arrive in 45 minutes. Oh, you got there in 44. You got there for one minute early. And it's because but you didn't. they keep pushing it out. They, you know, it, it's constantly changing. It's constantly changing. rearranging how long it's going to take to get there. And when it gets there one minute, what, half a minute faster, it goes, aren't we good? I'm like, you just, just totally screwed me over. Because I thought I was going to get there in 30 minutes. And in fact, it took 45. Yeah, and it, it, it changes. Because actually, the, yeah. The, but although maybe... Maybe before we were getting, although we didn't know, we probably should have been getting annoyed that it said 32, but it actually took an hour. <laughs> yes. uh, and, how, and now I'm really late. For those of you who don't know, we, we are in Brisbane and the Gold Coast is about 72, 80 kilometres away. And uh, quite often you could drive there and it might take 45, 50 minutes and you could drive there and it might take three hours. Yeah, it's, it's a wild swing. It's, and really, it depends really on what time of day you're going, whether it's a weekend, whether it's sunny, whether you're, you know, and all this stuff going on. Yeah. But it is, but Google will just go, oh, that will take between 30 minutes and three hours. And you're like, thank you very much. That's really non-helpful. Although sometimes I find it's good where you you look at it and then halfway down the trip, it's blown out. Yeah. And I've already done it once before on the way to the Gold Coast. I turned around. I good said. Point. You know what? I not worth it. Not oh, no, worth no. it. I, I, I look, I know I've been on the road for half an hour, yeah. now, but I don't want to be on the road for another no. two hours. Turn around. I'm going to go and have lunch somewhere else. Yep. Happy and days. Went to my pool. So you've got another case on your on your mind, right? Yes. So um, I think uh, you you've seen it as well. The union is challenging um, the fruit pickers and the way that they are paid. Now I didn't know this, but um, fruit pickers are paid based off like products. Product, as you yeah. have. How many buckets have you done? Yeah, how many yeah. buckets of apples? Let's yeah. just call it that. Yeah. Um, have you picked them accordingly? And the quote that they're trying to sort of explain it is it, it benefits those who work harder. Oh, yes. Right. Have you been a fruit picker in the past? I have not, but I wanted to do a charity thing to pick strawberries, and strawberries are. Not horrible. very fun to pick. No, no, it's really, horrible. really low to the ground. Yeah, I um, I Not have, I, I did do the backpacking fruit picker yes. thing one summer, and uh, depending on, for instance, I was earning, I don't know, eighty bucks a day, yeah, which mm. was bloody good. Uh, there was a chap there earning two hundred and forty dollars a day. Was he just picking from <laughs> doing the same thing? How was he picking so much? I don't know. I don't know. I we were just. Did you ever? Could not. Could not tell. Couldn't tell you. Did you? Now this this is almost certainly not allowed. But did you ever think of almost somewhat subcontracting? 
getting him to do it for me because it was so much paying him to make me money. Yeah, so, you know, giving someone almost a half guaranteed income. You, you cannot do that because the thing about fruit picking is it's so self-serving. Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, no one's going to lose a little bit of their cut to help somebody else. It is absolutely self-serving. Yeah, but they also get a more guaranteed income. Anyway, that's no, 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 no. Self-serving. <laughs> this guy knows he was getting that every day. He turned out he was a machine. A machine. Well, I mean, but so yes, the unions yeah, so, are saying. So they want to basically. They still want to keep. Interesting. They still want to keep the incentive based. Of course they do, because um, otherwise, how will you get workers? Yeah, um, and then, but they want it to be basically a greater amount per per bucket. Right. It, because they feel as though it's currently not. Um, hitting you the know, minimum equivalent wage. minimum wage. Now, that's going to be hard to kind of prove. It's a purely economic well, and purely also, statistics how based. How do you quantify that? And by whom? If you use me as an example. Yeah, you use that guy who got 200 Use that guy who got 240 bucks a day. He's he's probably making minimum wage at the very least, certainly back then. But when I was reading this case, I thought, I think they're talking about the wrong thing. Mm, okay. I think they're asking themselves the wrong question, which is not whether... the the incentive-based thing is being paid enough per bucket is why is it a hundred percent incentive-based is we we've seen it in, in most yeah. industries they've kind of gotten rid of that yeah I think I know though because again it's that self-serving thing if you're getting paid and doing nothing you're gonna do nothing yeah but it kind of had me thinking why only why only fruit picking I think because of the transit nature, most fruit pickers tend to be international mm. um, uh, people. Either they're here on working visas and they're making a little bit of money to get themselves around or holiday visas and so on and so forth. So actually those people, don't send a thousand emails, <laughs> don't need much money to get by to the next thing. Because what they do is they go from youth hostel to youth hostel to youth hostel mm. um, and they live on the cheap. I recall a lady when I was living in Europe, there was a girl going around Europe doing her busabout tour or whatever. Mm. She was living off 10 pounds a day. I was just like, this blows my mind. How do She's you do? How, how do you living off 10 pounds a day? So, you know, a lot of these people actually mm. behave in a way that's extremely frugal. So they don't need, and when they go back to the US, all the food's there. You don't have to pay for it. Because the youth hustle is designed to send out workers. They're essentially the labour hire company for the, for the fruit farms. So if you end up at that mm. youth hostel, they want to keep you there fruiting away. Yeah. So they give you free food. They drive you out to the fruit farms. On the yeah. weekend or on your day off, they drive you to the nearest town. So, I think that's, that's... And they're getting paid to be for a bed, and they're probably going to kick back from the fruit, fruit farms. But I'm not certain that someone's expenditure outside of work has any should have any bearing I'm not saying it does but you, you I, I I get it I get why there's not that morally right I just I just wonder why it, it it only kind of if that if we are saying that's fine right which oh. as in the idea that well Australia in itself is yeah, saying that remuneration is it's fine for your remuneration to be based pretty much solely of output mm-hmm mm-hmm but why only that I mean well, why not do it for everything because <laughs> not even because from a lot of things it does I think it might be because fruit pickers are less likely to make complaints <laughs> than yeah. you or I who have 
you know, been here for a while, we've got jobs, or we've got houses, we've got families. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I 100% agree. Uh, I, think, I think that that's I think the reason why we're able to kind of go with that. And you just sweep it under the carpet because that fruit pick has moved on, they've left the country and off they go. Happy days. See you later. Look, I don't oh, know if it's right or wrong. All I can tell you is that fruit picking is bloody hard and they deserve every dollar I get. Oh, it's not a job for us. Hard, hard, hard. The hour I spent picking strawberries was an hour longer than <laughs> I spent far do. longer doing that. Well, people, so let us know how you feel about fruit pickers and whether you've done that or not. And uh, gig economy, here to stay. I think we're going to be talking about this again and again. It'll be the next big thing, I think. Thank you, Lawcast watchers and listeners. That'll be us for today. All right, see ya.